my goal to be God's gift to lipstick lesbian kind. <laughs> I've wanted to say that all day. <laughs> yeah, perfect timing. I love it. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's see here. We are coming up. We have a really special audience. Um, I always feel like they tell me immediately, they're like, Cash, you're live. Cause they just watch me for like 15, 20, 30 seconds, just you know, <laughs> looking around, like, what is it? And we already have 12 people watching us. Oh my goodness. Hi everyone. Happy evening. Happy Tuesday. Oh, wow. We've got Tri Tracy Ashley with us. We have Bronwyn Drew. Hi ladies, how are you? So psyched for tonight. Oh my goodness. We have had so much excitement for our guests. I have been getting emails for the last week plus. Um, I even have been getting questions in emails for these ladies. So it's, oh, <laughs> we've got some excitement and we have a lot of ground to cover. Oh my goodness, so many joining us. Hi, Erica Fremont. Hi, Christy Avery, Joanna Keller. Oh, pink hugs to you, sweetie. Oh, Beth McKinley. Hey, girl. And she's telling me you're live. Yep. I always get the ladies like, hey, come on. <laughs> you're live already. Oh, Juanita, how are you? Oh, Tracy. Tracy's our, our token college girl who's always with us. She says, I'm so excited to watch this. I have a paper to write afterwards. So this is like her paper break. So excited to have you. Oh, Stephanie Margaret Uber, hello. We just have, um, we have a slew of audience members, club members. Um, some of my yogis are on here. Oh, so excited. We've got 21 people joining us already and it's eight o'clock, which means we can officially get started. So welcome everyone. It's Trans Tuesday, my favorite night of the week. Tonight, we welcome Anna Lantry. She is the director of True Voice Lessons LLC and a member of her team, Coach Alexandra Exeter. So True Voice Lessons is a multi-state company offering in-person and online voice and music lessons. Since 2013, Anna's team has been offering voice coaching around the globe in transgender voice coaching, so voice feminization or masculinization, singing, classical and contemporary, voice acting, public speaking, and metal screaming, which I will be asking these ladies about later. Um, Anna and Alexandra, welcome to Trans Tuesday. Thank you so much. It's really nice to be here. Thanks for having us. We're so excited to have you. Um, so for those of you who are new to Trans Tuesday by My Feminine Heart, we are a sisterhood of all women and those with a feminine spirit, including but not limited to cisgender, trans women, gender nonconformists, and all those who love sisterhood and may or may not be part of the LGBTQ plus rainbow. We all come together to share our love, community, and expertise in helping trans women live their best, most authentic lives. This community features a weekly interactive online talk show with interviews of inspiring trans women and 
experts, just like tonight, sharing their advice in all areas of life and lifestyle from beauty, health, wellness, finance, personal safety, and more. Our club members enjoy the perks of our private Facebook group community, exclusive access to commercial free videos, private workshops and classes, and even help guide our content and appear in our episodes live on Facebook. So I'd like to give a big thank you to our March sponsor of the month, Chef Katie Higgins. Uh, she is a classically trained chef who graduated from the Institute of Culinary Education in New York City. She left the Big Apple to serve as a private chef for an elite upstate New York family. And now she offers her skills as a culinary educator online, teaching individuals and parties of up to 10 people how to cook over Zoom. Her lessons help people create healthy dishes while balancing impossible schedules and incorporates a range of sophisticated techniques from advanced knife skills to making your own fresh pasta. You can find her at her website, caitlinhiggins.com, and all her contact information is on the homepage of myfeminineheart.com. And Chef Katie will be visiting us briefly on March 16th. She's gonna offer a potential menu for our club members to vote upon, and then she'll be teaching a private cooking class on Zoom to Facebook Live for our wider audience on March 30th. And it's gonna be amazing. I'm really excited uh, for her class. It's gonna be phenomenal. So uh, for everybody who's out there, we're gonna get right into this. I will tell you right now, um, our director on the laundry is going to be with us two weeks in a row because there's so much information to cover. So we're gonna talk about the whole industry tonight, answer any questions that you have. And then next week for our club members, she's joining us again for a private Zoom workshop to work with our members one-on-one. -on -one. So send us your questions. And um, before we get started, ladies, uh, we actually got a question via email from Tracy McKenna, who was very excited for you to come on tonight, but for with a scheduling issue, she couldn't watch live. So she wanted to get her question in before like everything went crazy. So I'm going to ask you her question first. And this was like a long email. So um, Tracy wrote, I have come across so many various diverse techniques to feminizing the voice. Do you believe there is a single correct approach or do you feel there are many different approaches to achieve the goal? That it more comes down to whichever method connects with the individual. Some have very medical approaches, other very musical, others more of a voice impersonators approach. So between having previously had lessons with a medically trained vocal therapist and having watched many, many YouTube videos on voice, uh, she's wondering if it benefits her to try to take useful bits and pieces you know, from each source or whether it's just totally messing her up. Despite all her hours, she's not happy with her voice. Her vocal coach said that at the first session that it will be difficult for her to attain her voice that she desires if she doesn't use it full time. That going back and forth between female and male voice makes the process very difficult. And I know that was a huge giant question <laughs> with like multiple like questions and, and parts in it. What do you think? What is, what is your answer for Tracy? So it's really like three questions, but I will answer them all. Um, from my standpoint. So 
no, there is not one method that works for everybody. And we've worked with too many hundreds, if not thousands of people between us to know that. Um, some people that come from a more medical background in doing this seem to think that is the case, but I just don't see the evidence being there. Using bits and pieces of multiple disciplines is something we do, and that also makes our methodology very shape-shifting according to the individual's needs. But I'm a little apprehensive to say that doing that is a good idea without guidance or supervision, because it can be difficult to know if what you're doing is effective and if it's healthy. So you still need some sort of professional feedback. As far as accomplishing what you want to accomplish going back and forth between multiple voices, that is very difficult. In the same way, it would be very difficult for a half marathon runner to start lifting weights more to look like a bodybuilder. You're already spending so many calories and so much time and effort on the half marathon thing that the building a bunch of muscle thing is really hard. So there, it does kind of come down to what's your priority and you are specializing the voice along those lines at some point. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Alexandra, do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> I generally feel like Anna was pretty thorough and I would agree with a lot of the sentiment there. It's less a matter of there being one singular approach and more a matter of finding the means to the end, taking the steps needed to get a student to the point that they want to get to. And at the end of the day, it's less a question of the methodology, and it's more a question of finding what works for the individual. Wonderful. Um, and, you know, so one of the things Tracy mentioned was all the different types of backgrounds that coaches have and the, the tools that they use. Anna, can you tell us about your background? Sure. So my background is having degrees in both voice and health and having taught voice lessons for about 10 years. I've also feminized my own voice, which I was able to do in about four months. And on top of that, I have additional training from speech language pathologists, from exercise scientists, from Alexander Technique professionals, and those methodologies all get mixed into my methods. It's very cool. So one of the things I hadn't really thought about um, until you and I had spoken, and we've spoken a, a few times now, yeah. is um, for you, it's not just about helping somebody change from masculine to feminine or feminine to masculine, but then in addition to some people who want to change their voice are singers or actors or performers and your musical background helps that extra level. Like I would think it would just be hard enough to just change your voice, let alone change your, your voice and retrain your vocal techniques for singing. Yeah. Alexandra, can you tell us about your background? Sure. I was originally a piano performance major in uh, a school very near to St. Louis, Southern Illinois University. Um, I did some classical vocal training as well when I was there. And after I had finished with all of that, 
I owned a music store in the St. Louis region and have been teaching music specifically for about 14 years now and trans voice for about five. Um, much like Anna, I went through the process myself and it took me roughly the same period of time, about four months to get everything down. Would you say four months is pretty typical for um, your clients or for the average person, or were you excelled at it because of your training? I definitely feel like musical training can be a support to the process, but I wouldn't necessarily attribute that specifically to what got me from point A to point B. I feel like the, the biggest priority is finding what works and focusing on that, whether it's built around a musical technique or not. And speaking of, you know, the musical techniques, can somebody explain what metal screaming is? <laughs> Why that's one of the specialties for true voice? Metal screaming is a form of singing that involves making a very harsh screaming sound, one of a number of ways. And it's often used in hard rock or metal of certain subgenres. It involves using the vocal cords to some extent, but it may or may not also involve learning how to use the false vocal folds and manipulate the throat and the airflow and other elements of voice production in a way that's not the way you conventionally speak or sing. That's really cool. Now, um, let's help our audience understand the connection for the two of you. You are not in the same location. Can you tell us more about True Voice lessons and how big of, of a voice training empire this really is? Sure. So I am in Washington State, but I started True Voice in Texas. Alexandra is in Colorado. And we've got instructors in about a dozen other states. We're all remote by Zoom at the moment, but we will be opening schools in those various cities and states. At the moment, there's about 40 of us total with about 30 of us teaching currently. And we're continuing to grow that pretty fast. That's wonderful. And one of the things I really love about your company um, you don't just utilize freelancers part-time. Can you talk to us about how you treat your coaches? Sure. So one of my priorities has also been creating good paying jobs for other transgender people because teaching the subject matter, it's important to not only have the professional training and to continue your education regularly, but it's also important to have lived experience feeding into knowing what works and what doesn't work, what things you can try, what people's motivations and hangups may be. And so half of us, if not more, are transgender ourselves at True Voice. And that is a tradition that I'm hoping we continue with. And with that too, I want to people I want to pay people as well as I can, and I hire them as employees rather than contractors, so that this can be less of a side gig and more of a career for the people that want that. 
think that's amazing. How does it feel for you? Are you full-time, Alexandra? Yes, actually. Um, very recently, in fact, um, things have really been taking off. And honestly, this job really turned my life around. Um, things, things have improved very much since I've come on board here. Thank you. So for anybody out there who wants to work with a vocal coach, um, know that True Voice Lessons not only sells to the transgender community, but actively supports with having transgender employees, helping them work full time. I mean, the work that you're doing is amazing. Now, um, I want to hit on a couple of things about how global you are, because people speak different languages, they have different dialects. If I were to change my voice from my hard O Pennsylvania, <laughs> I would probably want to work with a coach that understands my accent versus somebody um, maybe from Texas. So can you speak a little to that? Of course I can. Um, <laughs> so accents or being used to speaking languages other than English, often the way that certain sounds are pronounced or what sounds get emphasized, how you structure your sentences, the verbiage you use, any and all of those elements can and often are unique to the dialect or the languages that you're used to. And so one of our jobs as a vocal coach is if someone speaks the second, third, fourth language or has a certain regional dialect and they don't wanna lose those things, we then need to reverse engineer what, what makes that accent or that dialect or that way of speaking that other language what it is and how can we maintain the elements that we're trying to accomplish in their voice while still honoring those things. So it's so kind of a case study. How does somebody get connected with the right coach for them? And what in your company and then outside of your company, how does somebody find and make sure they're working with the right coach? I guess that's two questions. So first, how does somebody find the right coach with you since you have 30 to 40 teachers? So if someone wants to look at our instructor bios, what degrees they have, what their attitudes and feelings are, their methods and approach to teaching, what subjects they teach. They can look at the bios on our website. They can also schedule a free consult call with one of our administrators who can help them identify who would be a good fit for them. We usually try to give them multiple options because of things like availability and different time zones. As far as finding a coach, if it's not necessarily with us, You'll want to make sure they've worked with the transgender community before, I think is the biggest thing. Because there are some people out there that want to work with transgender clients or teach transgender voice, but they haven't worked with transgender people at all. And it's kind of an experiment or a learning experience for them. And if you're up for that, you know, that's your call. But that may mean that they don't have that trans 101 sort of education for one. So things like being misgendered may be a concern. And then two, they may not understand what they're trying to accomplish on the level that someone like us would. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. And 
Alexandra, so I need to ask you, because I'm assuming this has to do specifically with your training, why the three pianos? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so there's a practical reason for this and a voice-related reason for this. Um, they all have different tone qualities, and being able to combine those in tandem is honestly pretty useful. Um, the other part of it is that when it comes to voice, I feel like they're a useful tool to demonstrate the differences in tone versus a specific pitch. And that same quality is true with the speaking voice. Like, let's say that I played any of these three notes. They're all the same pitch, but they all have a different tonal quality. And when we're trying to brighten someone's speaking voice, it's a very similar type of focus. Wow. So this isn't just a collection. We wouldn't take the camera through your home and find like 15 pianos. <laughs> oh, I, I unfortunately cannot guarantee you that, but it's less than 15. <laughs> <laughs> So um, ladies, we have one of your very happy um, customers who is actually one of our founding club members, uh, Danny Butler. She uh, wants blast from the past. Wait, what did you say, Anna? Blast from the past. <laughs> well, and she says, I have taken lessons with both of these ladies and they are equally great. Oh, that sounds like a rave. Danny is the best. She was literally um, when the very first people to sign up for My Feminine Heart, I think she was the first or second person and shared her whole story of transition with us a year ago. We are just big, big fans of Danny. She's a wonderful person and she takes yoga with me too. Just oh, big love to Danny. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, so I want to ask a question about um, pricing for anybody who's looking for a coach. Um, what is the range that's out there? Cause we do have people asking, you know, like I've never worked with a coach before. What should I expect budget wise, time commitment wise? Well, let me tell you a story. So if you go out looking in the ether and you find someone that let's say it's a speech therapist, but they don't take your insurance. In a situation like that, you might expect to find something more like $150 a session. Wow. Whereas if you work with us, it's 45 for 30 minutes or 70 for an hour. We offer discounts to people that are financially struggling and would otherwise not be able to engage in these services. And I have an amazing team of managers and an equally amazing accountant that are all on board to set up a foundation to pay for lessons when someone can't afford it at all. That's phenomenal. And is that set up yet where if any of our listeners wanted to donate to it, would they be able to? Not yet. We want to make sure we got that 501c status and that tax-free you can write off on your taxes if you donate stuff. Perfect. Okay. So if you would like to donate so that other people can have voice lessons in the future, just keep an eye on the True Voice Lessons website. Um, and then, you know, and maybe we can have you ladies back on the show when you're ready to announce that that's available because we have some phenomenal 
givers um, who are part of our club as well, who really love to do whatever they can to pay back to the community. Um, all right, so I've got some questions coming in. Oh, do you have a Facebook page? Or no, Charlotte, I think she's asking me that. Um, I will, I'll get back to you. So Tracy Ashley says, everyone tells me I have a beautiful feminine voice when I'm in girl mode, but I don't think I do. I'm insecure about both my masculine and feminine voice. Any advice on speaking confidently and owning my girl voice? I have a lot to say, but Alexandra, would you like to share your thoughts first since I've been talking so much? <laughs> sure, absolutely. Um, part of it is discerning what adjustments you would make, if any, and if there were things that you still wanted to change, the immediate process would be identifying what's going on and then going through the process of making those adjustments until you feel completely comfortable with where you're at. Now, if you're coming from the mindset that there actually isn't much you would change, generally the best route that you can go is to practice different techniques to get your voice stronger. Um, focusing on your ability to manage volume, focusing on your general control over your, your voice to make sure that you're not like squeaking or cracking or anything like that. But yeah, it's really a fairly simple process if there were anything that you wanted to change. Anna, did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, how you present non-verbally will affect how you feel and how easy it is for your vocal technique to shine forth. So one thing that I work on really hard with people is, you know, tits up, shoulders back and down, the head is nice and upright. That's not only a more elegant posture, your voice is going to come out easier, sounding clearer. It's not going to get as tired. And when you present yourself in a confident manner, how you feel about yourself and certain aspects of yourself, like your voice, are probably going to improve as well. Not only will they physically literally improve if you record this versus this, but psychologically, you're probably going to feel different about it in a positive way. Um, so I have more and more questions coming in, but this actually made me think of a question that we had not previously um, discuss. I've never asked you, do, can people damage their vocal cords and their voice by improperly trying to change their voice? Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good to know. Good to know. So if you are thinking about doing this, make sure that you, you know, seek the right help. And before we jump into, like, we do have questions coming in. I know a lot of people are very tentative to work with somebody. I'm some I'm somebody who I kind of like to do the digital course first or kind of do stuff at my own pace. I know you offer a digital course for anybody who's nervous. Um, could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, it's called Voice Femme 101 and it's for sale on our site. If someone decides to buy it, it is five self-study lessons that are about 30 minutes long each with written homework and reiterating the exercises in written form. And that's a couple hours of me being me while teaching you voice feminization. And um, it's fun. Had a lot of fun making it. 
I do think when you start something like that for voice anyways, I think at least taking one lesson concurrently when you start it so you know, what's this supposed to feel like when I hear this? Am I am I imitating Anna the way I should be, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. A nice, easy, affordable way for somebody to kind of do it on demand at their own pace and own, mm-hmm. their own comfort level, especially if doing it the wrong way can damage their vocal cords. And one of the things that we discussed that Tracy McKenna mentioned in her email, you know, she's like the hours and hours of YouTube video, the internet is flooded with so much information that is just wrong for the transgender community. So having an expert that's shared their tools like that we can go to and say, okay, well, Anna knows what she's doing. So if I'm gonna, you know, spend time practicing on my own instead of doing YouTube videos, try Anna's course. Okay, so here's the questions. Oh my goodness. So Barbara Van Horn would like to know, can you move me from the tenor section to the alto section in the choir? Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, Han- Hannah says, I'm not sure what her question is, but she, she's, I don't know if you would like to speak to this, if you hear this from any of your clients. I finally am at a point where I don't get misgendered but I still don't feel that, or I, but I still feel that isn't where it could be. So do you have people that come to you just for a little mastery or perfection? Yeah, I will often tell people that are starting out with little to go on. The general public is easily pleased. There's like what is possible and what'll get you called ma'am without question are two different levels. Um, Tracy Ashley says thank you ladies so much she really appreciated you answering her question Sarah Shore would like to know she says I love the pianos Alexandra I play guitar and sing I'm so insecure when I'm playing as my true self how do I start getting over that hump to feel more secure okay um I, I think a lot of it kind of stems from the topic that we were touching on before with regards to confidence. Um, it's, it's a matter of taking the steps needed to express yourself in the way that you feel comfortable with. And normally that confidence will flow from that point. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, a lot of it, much like the piano, it's just a game of practice. Um, so I'm getting a lot of questions and concern that this is only going to be live um, and people are not going to be able to see this again. So if you're joining us for the first time and you don't know how this works, because we are live on Facebook right now, this is a 100% free video to watch and listen to at any time. It will always be here on our Facebook page, myfeminineheart.com, or well, Facebook, My Feminine Heart. There will always be an archived link to it on our website, myfeminineheart.com. If you go to our website right now, you will see all the links for True Voice lessons. Um, under our schedule. So you can go to our homepage or our Trans Tuesday page and you will see the schedule for the next month. If you're not getting our emails, be sure that you send me an email, info at CassandraStorm.com so I can get you on our email list because all this goes out in the emails too. 
So in next week's email, we'll have the links for all of these episodes and further information. And I will also add links into the commentary of the Facebook Live. So I have questions. I think people would specifically even like the links to like the digital course. I'll make sure that I put that in the comments too. So if anybody's watching this and they're only able to see a little, as soon as this episode is over, you'll be able to come back at any time and watch any of this. And if you are a club member of My Feminine Heart, you get another week with Anna. Yes. Okay. So, um, oh, I, I'm not sure if this is specifically about the digital course. Um, Diane Crow would like to know what does it cost? I'm assuming it was about the course. So the course is 70. If we're talking one-on-one -on -one lessons, it's 45 for a 30 minute session or 70 for an hour. No, the digital course with your, like your five separate lessons that they buy online. 70. 70 for your five lessons? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's it? Yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> Gosh, I was expecting 250 or 550. Um, you know, what you've shared yeah. about how, how expensive this industry is, um, that is that is quite the something. Um, okay. Robin Clement says, I've invested a ton of energy in appearance and just don't even attempt voice. I might be good at a point where I should. Got a good starting point. Is there something that is easy that takes someone to maybe a gender neutral spot? So what if you 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 have somebody come in hardcore baritone and you're you're just trying to get them started? What's a good starting point or a way to get to kind of a neutral point? And Robin, I just want to say. Dream big, girl. If you want to change your voice, go for it. We've got the people. They can teach you how to do it. Don't don't feel that you can't do it. I'm. If you put all that energy into your appearance, take the take it the rest of the way. Have some fun with that voice. But okay, so I'll I'll let you answer that. I will say, as I have been on hormones long enough, and the voice has improved with practice, I care less about my appearance because I feel like I don't have to. Um, so that can be pretty neat. Um, the first things you'll want to work on if you're starting from kind of square one is you're going to want to raise the pitch of your voice maybe a third, which is not a huge distance, by the way. And you'll want to work on making the space in your mouth and your throat littler which will make it feel more like it's buzzing up in your sinuses in your face instead of down in your chest. Alexandra, can you play us like what a third would be? Sure. Or a major third. That would kind of be getting someone to like a neutral or place. Mm -hmm. Neutral would be like from here to here. And if I talk like here, it's kind of ambiguous and that, that's just kind of where it ends up when you speak around here. Have you ever had really massive changes like someone starting here and then they sound like that, like, like a huge dynamic change or is it usually people stay within an octave or a specific range? You sure can. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Oh my God. To the, to the maximum possible degree. I used to be a baritone before all of this. <laughs> For context, 
Oh my God. I felt like I was just listening to, oh my God, who was that sexy like, singer? <laughs> I feel like he just got pruned. <laughs> oh my God. What is, he did all the sexy songs with that deep, deep, deep baritone. Oh, it'll, it'll hit me like after this. Yeah. All right. So that's, a, that's inspiration right there. Ladies, thank you very much. Um, I still can't believe that those deep voices just came out of your mouths. It's <laughs> oh like those old comedy skits in the 90s where like one mouth is moving with the weird voice on a different body or something. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's how I think about it. So I don't feel weird about it. For me. All right. So we have, um, oh, we have some, someone new, I think to me, Jerrica Decker. And she says, hi, Anna and Alexandra. And she says she has been with True Voice for almost two years. Yep. Now explain that to me. I'm sure um, Jerrica is like amazing now, or maybe she's she's a singer or an actor as well. If you can change your voice in four months so people understand the range, would somebody still be with you for two years normally? Or is that somebody that's like really honing their craft? What can people expect for time with you? So to change speech and nothing else, you're looking at three to six months for most people. But taking music lessons, trans or not, can go on for years and years. If you like want to get really good at singing because it's just something that's really important to you or you want to do it as a pro, um, it's not weird to take lessons for a long time. I've taken singing lessons for 15 years. So, yep. <clears throat> I've been studying piano and voice for well over two decades now. Um, when it when it comes to music, it's not so much a question of mastering it so much as continually growing, because I don't really see a, a finite limit to what people are capable of in that regard, especially when it comes to something creative, you know? Very cool. All right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I just, it's, it's so fascinating to me that you are able to help people beyond just changing their voice, but like to this mastery and this depth. And I remember the singer that you reminded me of when you changed your voice, Barry White. That's what I was hearing. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the tip of my tongue too. Oh yeah, my really? Really? Oh, yeah, I love I it. Like I'm going to have to listen to some Barry White after this. Like, it's going to be stuck in my head. All right, so Jerrica, thank you so much for sharing that with us. That's awesome. And that's a testament to you as well. You know, she wouldn't be staying with you if you like were not amazing at your craft. Um, so Hannah actually is responding to Robin and um, she's saying, I worked at the inflection at the end of sentences to start. Is that a common practice too? Yeah, so one of the big differences when you get past like a little bit of a pitch change and changing the resonance is that feminine speech does involve bigger waves in the uh, fluctuation of pitch during speech. As, uh, the ultimate syllable going up is more of a question, although it can be used to emphasize a point. Whereas if I was just saying something more regularly, I might actually do an upward inflection on the next to last syllable of the sentence, the penultimate, the penultimate, the penultimate. 
And that can actually, that can vary um, like the attitude or flavor you add into how you say something. That's awesome. I see you nodding too, Alexandra. Yeah. No, it's those things that you don't realize until you, you think about it or hear, but I can close my eyes and, and in my head hear so many male voices that are that like Bueller, Bueller, like that monotone male voice with no inflection. And they trail down at the end of an idea. Wow. This is amazing. And I love, like, this is the best part of um, our Trans Tuesdays is this interaction and then people helping each other like Miranda Jones. She already popped in your website so that everybody would have it in the comments. Miranda, thank you so much for that. Um, so, okay, Bronwyn, her problem is getting misgendered on the phone more than face-to-face. -face. Any suggestions? I mean, I you think... get a lot. Like I've been rocket firing questions to you tonight. <laughs> so I know some of these answers overlap. Probably has to do with vocal feminization elements, though I'd have to do a, uh, I'd have to reverse engineer someone to know for sure. A lot of times it can be a matter of analysis of kind of taking the individual components of their voice, you know, okay, what is your pitch at? What is your resonance at? What types of things are you doing with your diction? How are you moving your mouth, your tongue? It, sometimes it can just be a matter of subtle adjustments, small changes to really make the difference. Also, when you're on the phone, one way to help you um, speak with the proper emphasis or keep up your feminine inflection is to let your face be very alive because it aids your voice and how it moves, but yet they can't see that. So I might be very alive on the phone. <laughs> and you can get away with a lot. That's true. I mean, there's whole TED Talks about like our body posture and how it affects our hormone levels in speaking. Um, like one of the adjustments we had to make, because I've always worked from home, is when my husband started working from home, is he likes to take laps around the house on the phone, but it's a power move, right? Cause you feel so confident when you're standing and you're walking and you're moving it, it changes everything. It changes like how much you pronounce, um, how much you like the inflection, everything is just, I mean, are you kind of shrunk down like this? You know, it's, there's all that emotion that goes into it too. I love this. Thank you. you. I feel like I keep asking you the same question, but I'm not like, and you just keep giving me different answers. And it's just, thank you for being a resource for our, our crew. This is awesome. All right. Let me um, keep going through here. Lots of, oh my gods, I think from when your voices changed. Um, Robin Clement, who was like, I put all the time into my appearance and not in my voice. She just, she sold, done sold. And Miranda guessed at Barry White. I'm like behind the comments. Everybody knew they, yeah. <laughs> and so, so many wonderful people. Um, let's see. So um, Diane Crows, she's looking at right now and we'll make sure that we get this in the comments. She's not finding the online lessons that you spoke about, Anna. What is the title of it again? Like, do you know where it is on the website? The online course is going to be called Voice Femme 101. It's going to be under one of the drop-down menus. 
And Miranda shared that too. Miranda, thank you so much. Um, Jerrica said, Anna and Alexandra helped me get out of my monotone voice. That's exactly what you were speaking about. Um, so Bronwyn Drew is interested in lessons. Now you sign up on lessons through the website, right? Yeah, for the first one anyways, because then from there, if you wanted to continue with recurring lessons, we can add it to the instructor's calendar, set up your billing. We can do everything for you from the first one once we've got you in the system. Perfect. So here's an interesting question, um, I, and I, I love this idea. Sarah Shore says, are there ways, are there easy ways to practice? Um, for example, she often takes advantage of telemarketing calls to test her feminine voice. And then if they misgender her, she hangs up. Um, perhaps I should correct them and see how it goes. I love that idea of practicing on a telemarketer. Um, do you have other ways that your clients kind of practice their voices through their day? Several. Um, so one thing you can do is like a really bright, shifted forward sort of breath. Anyway, what I was trying to say is, and that kind of pulls this into position. Another thing you can do is like very brief humming on a note where you know you can get that right resonance. Mm, that's not quite what I was going for. Can you look this up for me? Those are the sneakier ways. Um, what about you, Alexandra? I feel like there is an answer in the tip of your tongue. Yeah. Uh, working on vowel shaping in particular, I think can be really huge with this. The specific shape of your lips when you're speaking and how you're articulating can have a really massive difference, can cause a really massive difference in the tone of your voice. Like, let's say that I'm singing on an individual note. We'll do like a middle C. Now, I'm going to move my mouth from an O shape to an E shape, and I want you to hear the difference in how this sounds when I articulate it. So, neutral. Ah. Now I'm going to shift through the two. Ah. Now, the thing with this is that if your mouth winds up taking more of an O shape, it winds up darkening the tone of the voice and winds up making it sound more masculine. Whereas if you can carry your words on more of an E shape, it winds up brightening them and making them sound more feminine. So again, kind of the difference, let's say I roll through the common vowels, A, I, O, and U. On the O shape, A, E, I, O, and U, and then reverse that, A, E, I, O, and U. So yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And I think we just saw right there the difference between trying to watch something on YouTube versus working with a coach and why you need to work with a coach, because that is high level stuff there to me. Like, I feel like if I watched that and I just tried to do it on my own without guidance of working with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, it would get me nowhere. Like I would need that one-on-one -on -one work with you. That's amazing. I could sing a five note scale that proves the same point on like a singing level too. Yep. Do it. So if I rounded and I opened my throat more, I would get this sound from the olden days. 
That's great if you want to play like the Wagnerian tenor in some grand opera. But if I add the shape Alexander was talking about, that's more E. Uh, uh, then it's like that's my low to mid range and like a feminine pop singer voice. Same person. I didn't get 20 years younger or older all of a sudden. I just manipulated the shape and size of my throat. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. All right, let me keep checking in there. We're rolling in here. Um, okay, so one of our, our followers said as a suggestion, they use a mirror when they're talking on the phone. Do you, do you have people use a mirror like when you're talking about these changes in the mouth shapes or does that throw people off? I'm worried about triggering dysphoria around appearance with that myself. What I usually talk about it is what you see and what you hear can deceive you, especially when things like dysphoria and depression tell you lies. But what you feel is more objective. And if you can remind yourself of feeling you're supposed to feel in a word or a couple words, Anna, cheeks, that to me means I should feel it buzzing here, not here. That's like my own personal shorthand. That's reliable and that isn't interfered with so much by dysphoria, depression, anxiety. Relying on your sense of perception in general can be really, really effective. Like take, for example, if you're switching between different voices, like if you're dropping down to your chest voice or you're moving up more in your throat or you're more up in your head voice, um, being able to physically feel what's happening can often be far more important than visually seeing something. Um, checking where someone's voice is placed at, for example, can be really easily done by resting their hand on the throat, maybe doing like a scale and jumping off of it when they feel the vibration in the right place. So let's say we're doing like a slide and we're trying to get up to our head voice. Oh, hi, how are you? Once you feel the vibration in the right kind of location, you can jump off of that point and speak fairly easily. Um, kinesthetic learning, running on your sense of touch, your perception like that is invaluable. Um, and often, like Anna was just talking about, far less dysphoria inducing in the long run. That's phenomenal advice, thank you. We have um, an interesting one from Beth McKinley, who was our sponsor of the month for February. She'll be coming on uh, with us in May for her uh, signature episode. Um, she says, she's wondering, as more and more security platforms are using voice recognition as a way to verify identity, has this added an additional layer of nuance to your work with your clients? A few weeks of lessons with us and whatever settings it was on before is probably not going to work. And I've seen that happen with me and with other people. Same. <laughs> exactly the same. Wow. Um, oh, Diane found your uh, course and she's already ordered it. Yay, Diane. Good luck. Right. Um, so we've got 
some conversation going back and forth with each other. People are sharing links. They're so excited. Thank you, ladies, so much. Um, okay, so I was actually going to ask you about this too, and we have another question from from Barbara Van Horn. Um, I was wondering about mimicry. You know, when you're talking about singing, does it help for people to try to sing along in a feminine voice to a feminine song? But Barbara Van Horn, her comment was, you know, she'll often listen to NPR on the radio while she's driving and she'll do her best to mimic the lady announcers. She says, at least it's fun. So how do you feel about mimicry? Dangerous if done unsupervised. <laughs> what someone does to sound the way they do may not be what you think it is. So you may contort your technique in ways that they don't to try and sound like them. And that can be unhealthy. So if you're going to use mimicry, I would say you pr it's yeah, supervision with the mimicry to make sure that it's not involving something unhealthy or habitual that's going to wear and tear on you. That's, that's exactly it. I mean, it's, it's very much one of those situations where even if they're able to evoke it and copycat it, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's being done in a safe kind of way at all whatsoever. So I, I'm in the same boat as Anna with this. I think it can be dangerous under the wrong circumstances. So um, our gal, Diane, who just bought your course, she says she'll sometimes find a monologue and practice recording it. Do you ever have your clients do that? Like practice reading uh, aloud? Oh, yeah. Are there passages that you're like, this is what you want to read if you're going for a feminine voice, like, like not Shakespeare. <laughs> I like to use an article about the different ways to make what's debatably the best cup of coffee. <laughs> I'll often use a lot of old theater exercises that I had when I was in college. Um, the old classics like Peter Piper picked and Betty bought a bit of butter and that that kind of thing, the old stereotypes. Um, it has more to do with what you're doing with it than the specificity of what you're reading though. Perfect. Um, so Gabby says, I can hold an okay feminine voice when reading or a prepared statement but I lose it when I go into an unplanned conversation. Well, honey, you don't want to plan all your conversations. No. That's not a conversation. Then it's just a lecture. All right, let's help Gabby have a conversation. Posture and breathing. It's possible that the upper body's too tight, which is inhibiting this doing its job properly. And you want to learn to breathe more into your core instead of your shoulders to again, keep this free. And what might be happening is sometimes people, if they're preparing, can squeeze hard enough to make a feminine sound. But when external elements have them moving around or not being in this impinged position, then it doesn't work out. That Now, again, we'd have to reverse engineer this person by hearing them and working with them to know for sure, but that's something I have seen. That's okay, one possibility. That's a common issue, Gabby. So just like, so you know, I don't want anyone out here who's like asking questions to feel like they're alone on a rock. I feel like every oh, no. person 
that's been asked seems to be like a general thing y'all have experienced. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's a question for me. Um, so as a photographer, I would tell my clients for years, if you want to feel more feminine in your movement, you need to stretch and do yoga. I actually now teach yoga, um, because I've been preaching it for so many years. And when I hear you talk about body and movement, do you find that it actually affects the voice, the more, the more free or flowing or flexible someone is? Yes. Yeah. Because that's what it sounded like with Gabby, like in the description of like a lot of people that have that problem, like if they have a hard time moving comfortably in their body, they may have a hard time moving, flowing in their speech. Yeah. It's much easier to speak with wider inflections when you're rolling your shoulders than it is hunched over pinning yourself down. Come here, kitty, 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 kitty. Come here. See what happened? Because this was tight. That's amazing. Um, oh my God. I told you all we would have like so much interaction tonight. Um, okay. So all right. Just, just uh, we've got Toby just commenting that they've never sung in their life, not even in the shower. Don't know if they'll start now. Um, Maybe they'll stick to changing the voice a bit. You know what? This is a fun crew. Toby, give them a shout, try the change of voice, and then, you know, learn to sing. Everybody complains about my voice. I feel like I should take voice lessons. And I don't think you're ever too old to like jump in. Who doesn't want to like sound better singing along to the car radio? So, all right. Oldest client that you've worked with. Let's throw that out there. 87. Sounds about right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Toby's saying 50 plus years, 87. There you go. You are never too old to work on this. Um, so here, Tris says, Tris Buckley, and hi, Tris Buckley. I don't think we've had you on Trans Tuesday before. It's, it's lovely to have you. She says, well, that's an interesting question about voice recognition. I noticed I had to retrain Siri on my new voice or she wouldn't answer me. Wow, so that is like a common thing that you've had. Um, she's so, one of ours, by the way. I'm sorry, that's what? She's one of ours, she's a oh. teacher. Oh, that's awesome. Hi, it's nice to have you. Um, so Beth McKinley's coming back with that voice recognition question too. She said, additionally, how can companies that utilize voice authentication better train their employees to be sensitive to these issues? That's a big question. If I need to start another company, it wouldn't be my first and it's not going to be my last. <laughs> There's a lot of trans people in tech, y'all. True to the future. Yeah, this is this is exciting stuff. Um, so Zena Davis says, one thing I am grateful for now is my naturally quiet voice. Now I just need to work some more. Thank you for sharing all of this. So do you find that too, that some people may be more naturally loud as, as their masculine voice and then their feminine voice gets softer or maybe they're more shy with the masculine voice and then become more confident with the feminine? Like, do you actually see volume differences like that? Yeah, but like I was a loud bitch before and I'm a loud bitch now. <laughs> so not necessarily. <laughs> Alexandra, any experience with that or people wanting to change that? 
I would say it's really situational. Um, it, it heavily depends on the individual. Sometimes I'll see people that want a more specific type of volume level. Uh, a, a lot of times I'll try to encourage students to develop their voice at a variety of different volume levels so that it's a bit more flexible. Um, the only thing that you're obviously wanting to avoid is constantly being extremely loud all the freaking time or the opposite with whispering because it's really hard on the voice to maintain that low of a volume. It doesn't have anything to do with the trans side of it. It's just very straining to the vocal cords to whisper. Um, and that brings us, we actually have a question that leads in perfectly with that. And we kind of hinted at this before when I asked, is it dangerous for people to just play with their voice without proper training? Could they do damage? Somebody actually wants to know what are the dangerous, unhealthy side effects that you that we've been referencing? Could have time, a hard time phonating clearly. So your voice could sound raspy or you could have trouble with volume control. You could have situations where the vocal cords won't close properly. So it's hard to make a, an understandable sound. Um, you can even lose your voice. On that same kind of more like subtle level, all I've seen cases where people struggle to maintain any kind of a jump and pitch. If you're at that kind of point, even if it's small, like the, the thirds that we were talking about earlier, a simple bounce in the voice like that can immediately wind up turning into a squeak and cutting out. Um, that proper technique is really, really, really important. When we asked you, who is your oldest client? Tracy Ashley wants to know who's the youngest that you've worked with? For trans voice specifically, or? I guess all of it, but I would think trans voice specifically. Tracy's our token college kid. Hmm. For me, 13. The youngest music student I had was five. The youngest trans voice student about the same as Anna, uh, 13. Well, and that's, you know, when puberty hits and your voice starts to change, you know, I think children just have that neutral gender voice so often of the time. Um, so Sarah Shore would like to say this has been so helpful. Thank you so much, Anna and Alexandra and Cass for bringing it together. Um, so Bronwyn Drew just ordered your course as well. So we've got people buying it right now. Um, Stephanie Margaret Uber, she'd like to say her breakthrough moment was when she accepted the voice pitch that she had attained, not necessarily what she'd hoped for, but when she did that, she found resonance and intonation to be far more important. I feel like I'm getting a sense a lot this evening from people that um, they have a, a, a dream voice that they feel is, they're, they're often told or they feel is unattainable. Do you feel that anybody can achieve any voice if they practice hard enough or how, how achievable is it for them? A lot is possible. The same person could be a 130 pound marathon runner or a 300 pound powerlifter in the same decade. I can't 
sit here and tell you point blank what your genetic potential is, but it's big. <clears throat> Most people are far, far, far more capable than they actually realize themselves to be. Um, the actual range that we utilize when we're singing, speaking, or a lot of times singing is dramatically smaller than what we're actually capable of doing. And it's really just a game of building the skill set up, um, having the right kind of direction and instruction to push someone in the right way. Is there usually a hump somebody needs to get over? Like, or do they see magic in the first lesson? Or is it like, stick with it, stick with it, stick with it. And then all of a sudden in like, you know, six weeks in, they have this magical moment where their voice is transformed. Like what kind of progress does somebody typically see when they're, when they're starting from scratch? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> they, will, they will leave knowing things and making sounds that they probably didn't expect in the first week. And they will also have breakthroughs a month, two months in. Yep. There are usually a lot of very major changes that we are able to make within the first class. But that doesn't wind up meaning that there aren't several steps after that and a lot of room for development over time. It's it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, really. Is there anything that you see where people where you see people commonly want to quit or try to quit? Where they're like, people usually get to this point and they're like, you know what, I'm done. I've gotten as far as I'm gonna get, I'm done. Like, do you is there any kind of moment that you typically see that you wish people could power through? Some Sometimes the psychological hangups are such that we may not be able to reach them at this point in time, where it just stresses them out too much to work on it until they do something with a behavioral health professional. And there are times where what we could accomplish and what we had in mind is more than they end up doing before they're like, I'm good. <laughs> like, like they're not the baritone anymore and they're like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm like, you know. And I'll be like, but it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, almost exactly the same thing for me here. Um, I, I feel like a lot of times it's more a matter of people hitting a point where they feel like they've finished and they feel like they're doing very well. And a lot of times they are doing really well, but I still see this huge round of like, I could do this. I could do this. I could help you with this. Um, it's, it's normally people just reaching a point where they're happy with it. Now, what is your ideal client's level of practice? If somebody came to you and said, I'm retired, I have all the time in the world, how much should I be practicing a day or a week? Two types of practice. This is what I tell everyone the first time around. Well, when I had students, I don't take students myself, by the way, we're too big for that anymore. Um, practice type one is the type of practice you would assume you would do for any sort of lessons. 
So that would be practice which your teacher gives you 10 to 15 minutes in one sitting, and that's like three or four times a day. So that's the same practice you would do if you were learning the trumpet. Um, practice type two is where it gets unique for us specifically, because you're using this out in the wild, not just in a practice room. So what I'll tell people is I'll help them identify a slight variance in the direction they want to go. And I say, okay, if your best voice you've ever done relative to the goals you want is a 10 and zero is doing nothing at all, let's try to speak at a three and a half between now and next time besides the practice type one that you're doing. So nice and manageable goals. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> All right, so we have a lot of love coming in for, for you ladies. Um, so Linda Ann, she wants to say, thanks you, Anna and Alexandra. You both not only sound so genuinely feminine, but you both are so beautiful. Thanks so much for taking time to help all us ladies. And um, Tracy Ashley, our college kid, she says, thank you, ladies. You're both so sweet and I will be in touch. Love all of you. I think she's off to write her paper. Um, Donna Black. Hi, Donna. Welcome to the show. She says, thank you, ladies. You rock. And uh, so Bronwyn Drew, she says, and she'd already bought your course tonight. I love your attitudes. I took lessons from a professor and she always sounded fake in her own voice to me, but she was trans. Um, Jill Canto, thank you, ladies. Wonderful information. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think that your voices and presentation says it all. And I love that you're so affordable that the majority of your employees, they have real like jobs and careers. They're not just, you know, as somebody who's an artist, who's been strung along as a freelancer and it's, it's brutal that you're able to take people in the arts and help them have a career that's changing lives. And, you know, it's just, wow, love, love, loved tonight. This has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, so, so many people are saying they can't wait to start the course. So I'd like to uh, let everybody know you know, again, this episode, totally free for everybody to watch. Next week, we will not be live on the public Facebook page. We are going to um, have Anna again, and she's going to do a full presentation, um, you know, teaching some of this coursework to us. And she's going to work with our club members in the Zoom. So anybody who wants to work with her one-on-one, -on -one, um, I think you said you call them your guinea pigs. We'll actually practice with you well. Yeah, so that episode will be recorded. Um, so club members, if you are not able to be in the Zoom with us or watch it streamed to our private Facebook group page, you will have access to it later. Um, and then anyone will be able to listen to it for free. So that's one of the beauties of being a club member is you get that kind of access. But our gift to the community is you can still listen to it for free. And not all of our classes are classes that, you know, are like that you want to necessarily listen to. Like we had Coach Meg on last week doing a workout, you know, just hearing her say like, pump, pump, go, go. Um, but I feel like people will get so much just listening to the presentation after you present it next week, that this is a, a really great um, audio exercise. So uh, ladies, I cannot thank you so much. 
Do you have any last thoughts, anything that you'd like to share before we end our evening? I cannot stress the exclusivity of next week enough. Remember, you can't buy time with me, so you don't want to miss this. <laughs> yes, I mean, remember, Anna has 30 to 40 coaches like Alexandra who work for her. This is the woman who started it all, and she is going to be teaching you. <laughs> yeah, we have like 350 students. Um and we're getting three or four more a day. That's amazing. So before time runs out, you might <laughs> want to think about signing up with one of them. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if we mentioned when we talked about your background, you are also bilingual in German. So you literally also have taught people um, who are German or, or want to speak in German, how to change their voice with the dialects. Like you have coaches who are dialect language specific, not just accent, but language specific. Yeah. Um, Alexandra, any last notes from you? That was like my little pun notes um, before we end our evening. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I have a lot to add outside of the fact that I really appreciate you inviting us on and giving us the opportunity to talk about what we do and, and hopefully help change some lives. Okay. I, that really means a lot. I think you changed a lot of lives tonight. You inspired people tonight to buy your course. We have people coming on who had just given up. They didn't think they could change and they say they're going to be calling you for lessons. Um, and I really appreciate that you shared, um, not just about, about your company, but just the overall arcing message about the industry, you know, how to find the right coach, even if they don't work with you, what the price range should be, the dangers of practicing, um, like just, you know, from random YouTube videos on your own, like, you know, there are, there are medical things that people should be aware of for their bodies that goes into this and, you know, you're just not fly-by-night coaches. You are both so, and I'm, your whole team trained in what you are doing. And you're not just speech pathologists. Like you are fully trained in so many areas of vocal amazingness. I just, ah, thank you. Um, so for anybody who is trying to look for you, I know that we've been sharing links in here. We've got, I literally just saw Robin shared another link. Can you, um, for anybody who's listening to this as a podcast, because we have people in like nine plus countries around the world who just listen in, can you spell out your website, emails, phone numbers, so people can get in touch and find out how they can do lessons? Sure. So our website is true. That's T-R-U, no E, voice, V-O-I-C-E, lessons, with an S, L-E-S-S-O-N-S, -S -S dot com. And our phone number is area code one, if you're calling internationally, 888-318-7267. I feel like you're one of the only people that is going to come on the show where I, I don't have to say, could you say that again? Just enunciate it a little better. <laughs> no, that was beautiful. And is your phone number like, a, do you have somebody that answers it 24 hours a day since you have people in, around the world or 
or what are the hours somebody can reach on the phone? Within reasonable hours of any US time zone. Okay, that makes sense. Um, ladies, again, thank you so much. And for all of you who are not club members, remember this, um, tonight was free. You'll be able to listen to next week's episode after it airs later that week. But we will be back for our next Trans Tuesday live to our wider sisterhood on Tuesday, March 16th. And remember, you can always find the calendar um, for all of our episodes coming up for the next month at myfeminineheart.com. On Tuesday, March 16th, we are going to have a discussion panel. It's not just gonna be me and like one or two guests up here, it's gonna be a whole panel of our club members. And the theme of the panel is coming out as transgender. So coming out at work, with family, with friends, um, what has, you know, and there's going to be a lot of honest discussion, what has worked, what hasn't. So we're going to have lots of club members on screen sharing their um, ad best advice for the world. Anybody in our wider audience is allowed to come in, join us just like tonight and ask questions and share their stories and comments in the chat. So for our wider audience, we will see you back in two weeks on March 16th. Good night, everyone. Thank you all so much. Lots of love. Anna and Alexandra, and to all our sisters at home, we love you. Good night, everybody. Good Never miss a single podcast by signing up for our newsletter at myfeminineheart.com.